This podcast is offered by the San Francisco Zen Center on the web at www.sfcc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Good morning to the people in the West Coast and good afternoon to the people in the West Coast. And if you live somewhere else, I don't know what to say. Anyway, this is uh, the beginning of the seven-day Genzo-e. And as Kodo-san uh, uh, introduced, this time we are going to study Shobo Genzo Mujo Seppo, that is the Dharma expounding of insentient beings. So uh, this time for the public talk, I'd like to introduce uh, Dogen Zenji's Waka poems about Mujo uh, Seppo. Several years ago, I translated uh, Dogen Zenji's Waka poems and made some comments for Sanshin Zen community newsletter. And uh, that was uh, completed. And uh, for hopefully the manuscript will be published next year. Uh, the Dogen Zenji's collection of waka poems have about 60 waka poems. And the first five of those collections of Dogen's waka is about the Lotus Sutra. And uh, first four is about expanding Dharma by sentient beings and also insentient beings, or Ujo and Mujo. So I'd like to introduce those five poems. Those Waka poems is very short, and the meaning, I think, is very clear. So I don't need uh, many explanations. The first one is, uh, let me read in Japanese first and English translation. Yomo sugara hinemosu ni nasu nori no michi mina kono kyo no koe to kokoroto. English translation is through the night and the day. Everything we do in the way is the sound and heart of this sutra. So these waka poems are about the Lotus Sutra. So this sutra refer to the Lotus Sutra. So what he's saying here is everything uh, monks do uh, in the monastic uh, community. You know, Dogen was a abbot of uh, a monastic community. And everything uh, practitioners do during uh, night and day and night are all uh, for the sake of uh, studying, practicing, and expressing the Dharma. And uh, Dogen then said, this is what what we do, all of things we do day to day and night, 
is the heart of this sutra, the Lotus Sutra. And uh, the second one is about uh, <coughs> uh, the sound of Valley Stream and the uh, sound and the voices of monkeys. In Japanese, Tani ni hibiki, mine ni nakusaru, taedae ni kono kyo, tada kono kyo o tokuto koso kike. In the valley, in the valley, echoes on the, on the peak, monkeys chattering. I hear them exquisitely expand this sutra. So in the valley, there is a uh, sound of valley stream, and on the peak of the mountains, monkeys are chattering. So this person, I think Dogen, hearing the sound of valley stream and uh, voices of monkeys, and he hear this, this sound as an expanding of, again, this sutra. So here he, he is saying the valley stream, the sound of valley stream is insentient, and monkeys are sentient. So both insentient beings and sentient beings are expounding this sutra. And the third one in Japanese is as follows. Kono kyo no kokoro o ureba yononaka ni urikau koe mo ho o tokukana. In English, grasping the heart of this sutra, even the voices of buying and selling in the world expand the Dharma. Let me read this again. Grasping the heart of this sutra, even the voices of buying and selling in the world expound the Dharma. In the first work, Dogen said, everything monks do in the monastery are expounding the heart of this sutra. But here he is saying the uh, people's activities in the mundane world, secular world, such as uh, merchants are selling and buying their uh, <coughs> commercial goods. Uh, also, uh, this uh, expanding this sutra. So not only sacred uh, activity in the monastery, but also uh, secular activity in the marketplace are also expression of the Dharma. Uh, the fourth one is, I think, is the most well-known uh, poem by Dogen. <clears throat> in Japanese, Mine no iro, tani no hibiki mo mina nagara, waga shakyamuni no in English translation, colors of mountain peaks and echoes of valley streams, all as they are, nothing other than 
by Shakyamuni's voice and image. So this waka poem is based on the famous uh, uh, poem by Sushi about the sound of valley stream and the colors of the mountains. And uh, Dogen here said, these are all the <coughs> Shakyamuni's voice and uh, image or immaculate body of Shakyamuni. So he's saying, all those things, uh, practice, dharma practice in the monastery, and a sound of uh, incented beings such as uh, valley streams, and uh, voices of sentient beings such as, uh, as monkeys, and also uh, people in the marketplace. They are all expounding the heart or teaching of this sutra. Of course, uh, uh, this, uh, these waka poems are about the uh, uh, <coughs> Lotus Sutra. So this sutra uh, referred to the Lotus Sutra. Uh, but <coughs> Lotus Sutra in this case uh, not necessarily means the text uh, printed on a paper. For Dogen, uh, everything in this world in which we are living is the sutra. Uh, the next Genzoe in probably in November at Sanshinji, we are going to study Shobo Genzo Bukkyo. Bukkyo means Buddha Sutra. And in Shobogenzo Bukkyo, or Buddha Sutra, Dogen says as follows. <clears throat> the Sutra I'm talking about, the Sutra he's talking about in this first school of Shobogenzo is known other than the entire 10 direction world. So this entire universe, entire 10 direction world is the Sutra. And there is no time and place that is not the sutra. So everything happening within and without uh, our service, everything happening in this entire world is uh, the sutra. And he continues, the sutra is written in the characters of ultimate truth and conventional truth. The characters of the heavenly realm, the human realm, the animal realm, and the fighting spirit realm. Uh, those are the realms of sentient beings in which uh, we are transmigrating. And also the characters of the hundred grasses and the 10,000 trees. So not only sentient beings, but also those uh, grasses and trees and you know, mountains and rivers <coughs> are all uh, the characters of this sutra. Uh, 
for this reason, all things long, short, square, or round, blue, yellow, red, or white, which are stately allied throughout the entire ten direction world, without expression, are the characters of the sutra and the surface of the sutra. We consider them the furnishing of the great way and regard them as a sutra of Buddha's family. So everything happening in this world, in this, uh, in my expression, the entire network of interdependent origination is the sutra and everything happening uh, within uh, this world is uh, written on this sutra. So whatever we do as a practice of Dharma, Buddha Dharma, and uh, we do uh, outside the Zendo uh, or in the um, mundane world, uh, all uh, expression of the Dharma written in this sutra. So the insentient beings such as mountains, rivers, uh, animals, and plants are part of this sutra. Those are the four or first four poems. And the final one, fifth poem about the Lotus Sutra is as follows. <clears throat> so uh, those first four uh, Waka poems, he's, he's uh, saying everything is expression of Dharma. But uh, this fifth uh, Waka poem, he said something different. Uh, let me read uh, first in Japanese. Dare tote mo hikage no koma wa kirawanu o nori no michi uru hito zo sukunaki. Dare tote mo hikage no koma wa kirawanu o nori no michi uru hito zo sukunaki. My English translation is Although no one outruns the horse of sunlight, those who attain the way are rare. Uh, in this Waka poem, horse of sunlight, that is a translation of hikage no koma. Koma is horse and hikage is sunlight. And this is, this refer to the sign, the time. You know, time is, Spend, uh, uh, proceed very quickly, like a horse. Horse was the first, fastest runner, I think, in the world in the ancient times before the car. Uh, so uh, the impermanence, rapid, rapid uh, passing of time is uh, expressed as the a horse of sunlight, never stop, always running so quickly. That is, uh, our life is uh, impermanent and we cannot 
uh, avoid uh, this impermanence. That is what uh, the first line, no one outruns, no one can go, you know, run faster than the impermanence. So we have to go with this passage of time. So we cannot avoid uh, impermanence. I think that is what we, we are facing uh, this time of, you know, uh, <clears throat> pandemic. You know, we see in very much in, uh, everything is impermanent. Our life uh, is really changing rapidly and we, we don't know when our life ceased. But in Buddhist teachings, this seeing impermanence is not a, a negative thing. As Dogen said in the very beginning of Gakudo Yoji Shu, that is the point of what to in practice studying the way. He said, arousing bodhicitta is arousing the, arousing, arousing the mind which sees impermanence. And he said, when we really see impermanence, <clears throat> uh, we have fear to waste the time. So we try to find, try to do what we need to do without wasting any time. And in the case of Buddhist or Buddhist practitioners, you know, studying and practicing and expressing the Dharma is the most important thing. So without wasting any time, we try to uh, focus our study, practice, and express the Dharma. Express means showing, sharing the Dharma with other people. This is what we need to do, but we often forget uh, the, this focus and we do something different. And whenever we find we are going the different direction, we try to return. And this is uh, repentance and uh, take another step. Uh, this is how we uh, practice uh, or walking this Bodhisattva way, way of Bodhisattva, uh, following the uh, Bodhisattva vows. So all of us are actually living right within impermanence and we experience impermanent. And, <clears throat> and yet, as Dogen then said, <clears throat> those who attain the way are there. You know, in the first four poems, Dogen says, everything is always expressing the Dharma, Dharma of impermanence, uh, no self, and interconnectedness, and uh, <clears throat> we don't know when our life uh, ends. So impermanence is really close to ourselves. So we are always 
and a good opportunity to arouse bodhicitta. But still, we don't arouse bodhicitta. We are looking for something else, uh, following uh, our desires, seeking something that might uh, fulfill our desire. We always feel something is lacking. So if we do something, work hard, and uh, gain something uh, meaningful or valuable, then we can have satisfaction. To do so, we, uh, you know, uh, walk towards certain direction depending upon what is the uh, things we desire. By doing so, somehow we, we miss the sight of impermanence and emptiness and no self. Uh, that is, I think, that is our problem as a Buddhist. <clears throat> So, to see impermanence is important, and we are in a very good situation to see impermanence today, and not only uh, in the United States, but all the people in, in this entire world or planet can see impermanence, and still uh, we are looking for something else to fulfill our desire or escape from some uh, dissatisfaction. Uh, and one thing we can, or at least I feel uh, helpful, is to uh, see uh, and hear to see the nature or hear the sound of the nature, such as the sound of valley stream. In my comment on the uh, fourth <coughs> waka poem I read, uh, that is, colors of mountain peaks and echoes of valley streams all as they are, nothing other than my Shakyamuni's voice and image. <clears throat> I think some of you may feel strange with this word, my, my Shakyamuni. Uh, it's something like, it uh, sounds like Shakyamuni is my possession, but that is not what uh, this my Shakyamuni meant. Uh, this is a kind of a literal translation of Waga Shakyamuni. Waga means uh, my. Uh, in English, probably our Shakyamuni might uh, uh, sound better, but Dogen said this I, my, me. That is, Shakyamuni's voice is everything. Sound of all beings are Shakyamuni's sound, and the important point is me. I hear 
the sound of the world. So this me, the subject, and the sound, we usually think object, actually are one thing. That is what uh, in Dogen's expression as Zen Ki, or total function. It's not, uh, you know, there, uh, there is a separation between uh, sound and the person who hear the sound. But the sound and the person who hear the sound is one thing. That is what interconnection means. Uh, so uh, in my comments on this uh, Waka poem, I uh, wrote my, one of my experiences. Uh, this experience, I experienced this uh, when I think when I was 15 years old. I was a high school student. <clears throat> so it's uh, before I started to study Buddhism or Zen. So I knew nothing about this kind of teaching. But when I was a high school student, I didn't like school, or I didn't like Japanese uh, education at that time. That was early 60s. You know, uh, all Japanese people are working hard to make money to restore the uh, prosperity after the World War II. Uh, so uh, at that time, uh, Japanese people were called uh, economic animal. And uh, to me, you know, entire Japanese society looks like a huge, one huge money-making machine. And the school is like a factory to produce the part of that huge machine. Uh, <clears throat> And if I studied hard and went to a good university, and then I, I would get a good job, then my life become okay. But uh, otherwise, my life uh, is kind of a losing. So there is a winner and a loser, depending upon what we do. During the school uh, school time, we became we might become a winner or a loser. Uh, but you know whether we are successful or not su successful, we are simply the part of that machine. So sooner or later, when we become older, uh, we cannot function so well. Younger people. Uh, function better, so we may lose the meaning of uh, as a part of that machine, then we will be depressed. And sooner or later, we go to the grave. I didn't like that kind of life. I don't find any meanings to live as a part of that money-making machine. So, 
uh, I wanted to escape from the Japanese school system. Uh, so at this particular time, I, I was sitting in the uh, classroom during an uh, uh, examination uh, at the end of the semester. Uh, somehow, the outside, I was sitting by the window of the classroom, and outside of the classroom, there was a tennis court. And to protect the uh, grass, window grass, there was a um, metal fence. Uh, so I felt like I was in the prison. And beyond the tennis court, there was another school building, and uh, that was in the morning. Uh, and on the roof of that uh, building, the, uh, some small birds are flying, and they look so free. So uh, uh, I wanted to become like those birds instead of you know, being imprisoned in this uh, classroom. Uh, and not only in the classroom, but also uh, this uh, social system uh, to, you know, to be a part of this money-making machine. So uh, even though I had already written some answers on that uh, paper, I erased all, the answer, all my answers and uh, submit the paper without any answer. And I left the classroom, uh, so I was kind of upset. I didn't want to be there in that system. So after leaving school, I walked to the mountainside. I lived in a small, it's not, a small city named Ibaraki that is uh, between Osaka and Kyoto. So uh, not high mountain, but uh, almost like a hill. There are some mountains and there are streams. And that was, I think, early July, the end of the uh, rainy season. So uh, on the stream, there was a lot of water. And when I walked to that stream in the uh, mountains, <coughs> I sit down by the stream. <coughs> uh, when I was 15, probably same as many teenagers, I thought I was a poet. I, I wrote poems. And uh, somehow, at that time, uh, I wanted to uh, hear the sound of ballet stream. You know, in Japanese language, there are many onomatopes. Onomatopes, the sound of things, uh, such as, you know, cholo uh, cholo, or sala sala, or zaza, or dodo. Those are the sound of the water running. I wanted to make sure that this stream, uh, the sound of this stream is like. 
So uh, I try to focus on the sound of the ballet stream. Uh, I did it, uh, I think, about one hour and try to copy the sound with some um, Japanese uh, character to make the sound to write in the poem. But after about one hour just listening to the sound, uh, I found there's no way to exact, exactly copy the sound with the character. That was uh, my, I think, uh, in my lifetime, that was the first kind of uh, meditation experience. I know I try to focus on the sound to do so I try not to think something else. It was really interesting. And I think this is one of the meaning of the uh, insentient beings expanding Dharma. Uh, not only when we listen, uh, pay attention to the sound of ballet stream, but also, for example, when we climb up the high mountains, uh, we can see the uh, boundless uh, space. And there are many mountains and uh, clouds and boundless sky. When we see those boundless uh, space, uh, something really huge, or something which has no meaning, like a sound of very streams. Somehow, you know, in our mind, depending upon uh, the object of our sense organs, we start to think about this, try to find what this is. And uh, in this case, this is a reading glass. And I called this reading glass, and I need this now to read what is printed on the paper to give a talk. So this is important. This has value and meaning for me. So uh, this is a eyeglass, a pair of eyeglasses, and this is me. And this person is uh, using eyeglass to read what is written on the paper. So this, I think this is the way we, in a sense, uh, recognize who we are. I am the owner of these eyeglasses, and I am a leader of uh, the things written on this paper. And now I am a speaker, so I have to talk about what is written on this paper. That is how we kind of define who I am and what I think, what I should do. And I try to uh, measure whether what I'm doing is successful or uh, not successful, or variable or not variable. So between 
myself and these things outside in front of me and also uh, between people who are now listening my talk now and uh, as a speaker whether I'm doing good job or not. That is how we define who I am, what I'm doing, what is the meaning or value of I am or what I'm doing. But when we really hear the meaningless things such as the uh, sound of valley stream or a boundless space on the mountains, often we see the ocean or we hear the sound of waves in the ocean. Those are, cannot be, those are actually the object of this, of, uh, of my six sense organs, but somehow they are not really object. They, they say nothing. They mean anything. They don't care about who I am. Then I cannot define who I am or what I am, and I cannot value whether this person is doing okay or uh, successful or not successful. So uh, this is what I experienced when I attentively listened to the sound of ballet stream. And after that experience, somehow uh, my mind calmed down. Even though I was upset about I didn't want to go to school, still somehow my mind was pacified. And uh, I feel I found a peace of mind. Uh, this is, as I said, this is that experience was much before I started to uh, study anything about Buddhism or Zen or meditation. But somehow from, uh, from that experience, I felt what we are thinking or things happening in my mind is not real reality. Of course, uh, what uh, is happening outside me is not reality until I see it and I work with it, I feel it. Uh, so uh, reality is between me and those things happening between uh, myself and other things. So from that uh, time, I uh, I feel like, you know, even though I study at a school, I, 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 don't need, I don't need to or necessarily I was in that system of money-making machine. Uh, and I don't need to so much <coughs> uh, care about how people evaluate me you know, like uh, uh, people around, around me, like uh, parents or teachers or uh, students or evaluation from the society. Uh, 
is not so, became not so important. So until then, I was a quite a good boy and good student. Uh, I tried to be in the class and attentive to the to what teachers uh, taught. But uh, since then, I become free from escape from the classroom. So uh, I often went to uh, put my you know bags in the classroom and escape to the library and reading books I wanted to read instead of uh, attending the classroom. So I tried to stop a uh, good boy. So uh, that experience, even though I didn't know anything about uh, meditation or Buddhist teaching, but after that, after that I study uh, not in the classroom, uh, but extensively reading many books on uh, science, uh, philosophy, uh, uh, histories, and so on, literature, all those things, to find uh, the real meaning of life to me. <clears throat> In that process, uh, my question, uh, I think, became deeper and deeper. And uh, uh, in that uh, process, uh, I had a chance to read Uchemuroshi's book. And that was the beginning of a first encountering for me to, uh, with uh, Buddhist teaching and Uchemuroshi's uh, teachings. So now I think <clears throat> uh, the f my first experience of uh, hearing the sound of ballet stream was really a kind of starting point of my uh, searching the Dharma. So I really uh, appreciate that experience. And I think that is how we study one of the very good way to study the Dharma and experience uh, the reality beyond our thinking and feeling. Uh, so to me, uh, this teaching of Mujo Seppo or expanding Dharma of insentient beings are important. And so after that, I have been studying and practicing uh, for more than 50 years. Still, when I feel I'm in a trap of some kind of negative feeling or thinking. I try to hear uh, something here or see something in the nature. And to me, that is the meaning of incentive to beings expanding Dharma that allow me to be liberated from a kind of uh, uh, prison of thinking.
within human world. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information, please visit sfzc.org and click Giving. May we fully enjoy the Dharma.